0: This morning's reading is from Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. And it's on page 1179. If you want a Bible, they're on the ends of the, uh, the rows near the uh, columns. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This, this, is, the word, this is the word of the Lord.
1: Getting my minion to. I always regret it after I've said it. It's too late then, isn't it? (laughs) It's nice to be back and to join. Oh, thanks. (laughs) And to join uh, back in on the series of culture, which is one of my um, hot topics in what I love to study. Um, And I studied youth work, so you do a lot of culture. Um, And so I'm excited to speak on identity and influence because that's also something that you speak a lot to youth about. So hopefully, you won't feel like you've been preached at your 13-year-old selves, Um, but you'll, you'll hear something of what God is wanting to speak to you today in whatever situation you are in, in whatever is going on in your life, in however you feel about yourself. And so... I think it's important for us to know through this series why we're doing it. And Tom has said that one of the reasons is that we can pursue holiness and confidence as we engage with our culture. That we can pursue holiness and confidence as we engage with our culture. What a calling in such a divided and confusing world to be called to holiness and confidence as we engage with it. So just last week, uh, the reason I say it's good to be back is because I've been in India. and This is my really subtle plug that I've written a book. Um, <laughs> it's tenuous. With uh, the charity that I worked with out there and I would love it if you want to come to the book launch or you want to buy the book, talk to me afterwards. And, but we went to visit uh, these people and we went to Goa. It's a really tough place to have to go and visit. Lovely, sunny Goa, 30 degrees Definitely wasn't tough coming back to two degrees and rain. Um, So I took Matt for the first time. He's been to India before, uh, but not to visit this charity. So it was a really exciting time for both of us. Um, And Matt and myself would consider ourselves quite adventurous. And this is Matt having cycled all the way from the UK to Kenya. So he comes on one end of the adventure spectrum. And that's me just washing in a river, which you can't really see. Um, So kind of, we, we, you know, fulfill the spectrum of what is good adventure and what is not. Um, You can't see Matt's friend who's not in the shop, but he has a massive beard. And Matt just grew like this little fluff on his face. And he was very disappointed about that. So he was a bit upset that I was showing you that photo. Um, Anyway, so we both love adventure. And I know that for me, I can be tempted to really want people to think that I'm a risk-taker, and that they will give me the label of adventurous, when really, what I discovered on our holiday in Goa is that perhaps I'm not as into adventure (laughs) as I thought maybe I was. We booked um, for a couple of nights to go and stay in this lovely uh, beach hut. Um, Maybe using the term hut doesn't make it sound very nice. Uh, But it was a tranquil two metres from the sea, uh, from the beach, sorry, not from the sea, that would be dangerous. Um, and and it was meant to be the kind of luxurious part of our holiday. Well, when we turned up, it was essentially a construction site. Have you ever seen the program Holidays from Hell or something? Night, holiday Nightmares. That's essentially what we walked into. And so um, there was no running water. The power kept cutting out, um, and the bedsheets were dirty, which was probably, for me, the worst thing. I could kind of cope with the other things. Um, and so we stayed there for a night, and then we we left and got our money back but the worst part was the struggle that we had to decide to leave when this was, we'd paid for quite a nice place to stay um, and the struggle that we had to leave existed because we didn't want people to think we couldn't cope with this level of difficulty in adventure we were on holiday but we still and there was no one else with us but we still were worried about what other people would think if we weren't this adventure loving kind of challenging situation couple. Um, And so it took us a while to decide to leave, but we did. Um, And then we went to a really fancy hotel, and we realised we really like spa breaks. (laughs) (laughs) For many of you, I wonder whether you've been in different cultural situations, and that doesn't just mean across the world, that means at work, with your friends, different families... Um, perhaps your friends, you've gone to their house and they take their shoes off or they don't take their shoes off as they go in. Something as small as that can sort of jar with us because that cultural thing that exists is not our cultural thing. And so I wonder whether this has had an impact on your identity a little bit. Not perhaps the shoe thing, but when you've encountered another culture and it's caused you and your identity to shake In such a way where you're facing the things around you that are changing and moving and you're not quite sure whether you need to leave your mask on or take your mask off. Whether you should be who you are called to be in Christ or whether you should just keep that under wraps a little bit because you're not quite sure whether it will go well in this situation. What I'm going to say today may not be new, as I mentioned. If you've ever been in a youth group, it could be a talk you've heard before. Um, But we so often forget how to root our identity in Christ. It doesn't matter what age we are, what situation we are in. That is something that exists because of our separation from God. And I believe this morning that God is calling us back, all of us, to remind us who we are and whose we are in order that we can go out in holiness and confidence in a culture that desperately needs Jesus and needs to know that their identity can be rooted in Jesus. Our current culture in the world has been referred to as the third culture. You might be thinking, whoa, there are so many more cultures than three. Um, But it refers to the fact that we've moved beyond paganism where um, people would uh, try and seek out worshipping many gods to kind of figure out what was the best one for their situation and their life, and we've moved through um, Judeo-Christianity and the ethic of living um, in a Christian um, moral com- with a Christian moral compass, which so many of us here will have grown up with, uh, a Christian nation where we knew that whether people believed in Jesus or not, they probably lived by some of the values. Um, that existed in Christianity, and we've moved to what they're now calling um, the self. What is it? I've lost it. <laughs> uh, the self gospel. So where you promote yourself, where you, instead of recognizing that you're a child of God, you seek to become God. It's kind of a contemporary uh, gnosticism. In that way, where we seek to just become the God of our own lives. And that is not new. As I said, it's a contemporary Gnosticism. It existed before. So we've moved from living in this culture where everyone understood what Christianity was about. Everyone knew the Christmas story at Christmas. They probably had nativities scenes in their houses. And actually now you look at culture and it doesn't look quite the same because everyone is seeking out their own truth as Simon mentioned last week, and they're seeking to rule their own lives. And for those of us who grew up in different eras, or different generations, or even different cultures, this might seem a little bit ridiculous. How can we have moved so far from that compass of Christianity? And yet, this is the world that we live in now. And it finds its expression in many ways. So... Quite a lot of us, and probably I would argue all of us in some situations, will seek individualism. And if we look at our lives, we can see a pattern of, I just want to do it my way. In our relationship with God, in our relationship with other people. I just want to do it my way. And yet, at the same time, there's this ironic clash where we are still very affected and influenced by those around us. So we might be seeking to do it our way, but we're definitely still copying a lot of things that happen, and we're influenced, it, and it filters into our lives. We live with a tight thread of comparison that weaves us all together, a flood of messages as to how you should live, what you should live like, who you should be, why you should buy certain things, or live in a certain style of house, or have a particular career, or not have a particular career, or how you should parent, how you should judge others who don't do it quite like you. And it is relentless, and it is full of hurry, uncertainty, and judgment. We are hyper-connected, and yet so often we are completely disconnected from who we actually are, who we are made to be. We are so caught up seeking to be individual or seeking individualism, autonomy and self-promotion that we risk disconnection from what truly transforms us, the God of love. We live in this culture but we do not have to succumb to the pressures of living exactly how it demands that we should live. We are called to live in a kingdom culture, to live as Christ lived on the earth. Not to dismiss culture, there is so much that we can learn, but to engage with it in holiness and confidence as children of God. And to do this, we have to look to Jesus, to fix our eyes on him. And as we heard in the passage today, Rabbi Anne, that we are not called to be mimicking Jesus, but to have the same love. Not to love like Christ, as best as we possibly can, but to have the same love. It says in the first verse, if there is any encouragement with Christ. Paul is addressing the Philippians using a conditional word, if there is any encouragement with Christ. In other words, if you truly believe these things about Christ, then you will live a different way. And so for us to root our identity in a kingdom culture, Philippians 2 gives us an amazing guide and challenge, actually, about how to go about this. It looks beyond what is cultural, And speaks out an affirmation of faith in a God who shows us how to live in him. In those moments when we are tempted to put our masks on, Paul encourages us that to live with Christ and to participate in his spirit is to live a certain way, with certain qualities and character. And I want to speak about three qualities that I think um, we see from the character of Jesus that in the way that Paul has described it, we are to live like if we believe what we are coming here every Sunday, saying that we believe. Firstly, humility. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, writes Paul. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. This is the opposite of the drive of culture to put yourself at the forefront of everything. Every decision, every action, every life choice. But it's not new. This is not new because why would Paul be writing about it? In the Philippian church, rivalry and personal agenda were their priority too. And as such, this is not just a culture that affects the current young generations on social media which is our quick fire response to anything about culture social media the internet technology that's where the issues are and we forget to reflect on what is happening in our own lives and how we are affected if we are to know our identity in Christ to live it out we must live in the humility we must live with humility where our actions are countercultural where our lives are lived out in such a way that we think of the interests of others and are selfless in our serving. Humility is the character trait of somebody who knows their identity is in Christ. Secondly, integrity. Jesus didn't engage in a world of comparison. Jesus knew who he was and what his purpose was on the earth. From the very beginning... We know that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, as we all hear so soon at Christmas. God with us. And so this is how Christ lives out his life among his people. God on earth, showing us who God is. He didn't consider equality with God something to grasp at, but simply lived as God on the earth, not using it to the advantage over people, but using it for his purpose to bring back humanity into relationship with God. Our integrity shows up in acts of love and service. We can only truly love by being exactly who we are made to be, not who we think we ought to be. Or who we compare ourselves with and wish we really could be a lot more like. But it's the overflow of a heart of someone who knows that their identity is in Christ. You can build a conceptual reality online. Among friends, your identity can be created however you want it to be created. People have created whole lives out of this world. And as Simon said last week, like I mentioned, you can wear a mask so easily. And I think the thing about social media and technology is it allows us a platform to do that so much easier than we ever could before. But how long can we keep that up for? Living two lives. Living with two attitudes towards how we should live. And if you're tired... I would allow yourself time to question how much of that weariness is because you've been putting on a mask for so long. Putting on a mask which exhausts you. Having the integrity to be who you are is life giving. When Jesus came as God made man on earth and lived as he was meant to live, look at what he accomplished through his death and resurrection through that power we are now in relationship again with god if he'd come and thought oh maybe i'll be more like these people kind of seems fun to be a human in that way without the god bit imagine what would have happened to us devastating integrity is the character trait of someone who knows that their that their identity is in christ and sacrifice. Radical love is rare, but Jesus shows us what this looks like. And we are to have the same love. Not a similar love, not as close as we could possibly get love, but the same love. And we can do that because we are adopted into Christ's family. Says in John, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. We can have that same love. When we accept Christ and know who we are in Christ, chosen, beloved, washed white as snow, adopted, united with him in his spirit, our love is to be the same love. And it means it has to be sacrificial. You cannot look at the love of Christ and think that it is anything but sacrificial. He came to earth to walk among us. He was put to death on the cross, one of the most humiliating ways he could have died. And then he rose again. Our love will look selfless and it will ooze humility, integrity, and sacrifice. Giving up our time when we'd much rather stay home and catch up on a series we've been watching. Giving more money than we'd ideally like to part with. Or turning up for a friend in need when we had other plans that didn't require so much emotional energy. And I'm aware of the fact that these are very, typically, white, middle-class responses to sacrifice. There is so much more that we can give. There is so much more that we can sacrifice. But we just need to root ourselves in our identity with Christ and it won't feel as much like a sacrifice when we know that we are doing it because we live in relationship with God. And it requires us to die to ourselves. Cultures will come and cultures will go. But one thing remains. The selfless agenda of a God who came as man and sacrificed his life and rose again that we might live in relationship with him. Sacrifice is the character trait of someone who knows that their identity is in Christ because it is no longer about us. Why does Christ live like this? For a greater purpose, for something more than simply being God on earth. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Influence comes from knowing who you are in Christ from knowing that you are loved, cherished, and that heaven sings over you, that God has chosen you, and that you will live in that response always. When Jesus rose from the dead, conquering death, influence changed. It was no longer about self or selflessness or trying to get yourself to a further point. It became about the other When we live out our identity with Christ, we live out the resurrection. We live out hope and transformation and life-giving moments where we see other people recognizing Christ and joining in. Our influence becomes more than our curated, put-together worlds where we want to be the best known for the best things and to show off about how adventurous we may or may not be. But instead, we want people to know God. We, as I said, went to a fancy hotel after our holiday nightmare. And um, we took with us the couple that run the charity that I worked with, and they barely get a break. Um, And so we took them with us to this hotel, and we decided to put the rest of our money for the holiday towards paying for their trip. And we sat with them, and we had conversations that were kingdom conversations, conversations and that will change lives going forward because we were able to sit and have time together. If we'd have gone to our tranquil, luxurious hut and persisted at finding somewhere else that looked just as adventurous, perhaps we wouldn't have had those conversations. I'm not saying that every, <laughs> every situation where you seek after God and try and have influence in a different way will end up in a spa hotel, but it will end up With you seeing Christ in what's happening more than perhaps when you pursue your own agenda. In a culture where people compare, are we going to be people who set the benchmark as Jesus? Imagine the influence for the kingdom that we would have if our identity is fully rooted in Christ. For if we are living as Christ, pouring out our lives in humility, integrity and sacrifice for the service of others, we bring kingdom influence. The kind of influence that is upside down, the kind of influence that brings a radical love to devastating situations. The kind of influence where, as we heard about Tish and the team in South Sudan transforming lives through the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ. If our love is authentic, if our love is filled with humility and our identity rooted in Christ and we live it out in whatever context we find ourselves in, we will see things in our culture begin to change. I wonder where you are making choices based on what you think you should be with your mask on rather than who Christ has called you to be but to all who believed in him and accepted him he became he gave the right to become children of god i'm going to invite the band up and have a moment to wait on god If it helps you to close your eyes from distraction, then close your eyes. If it doesn't, don't. Or open your hands or whatever posture you need to be in to help you listen to God, then then take that posture. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come. That you would move here this morning. That we would hear your still, small voice speaking to us. Have some silence for a short time.